If your AC is blowing hot air, let O'Reilly Auto Parts help bring back the cool this summer. While you may need to eventually service your AC unit, get immediate relief with Interdynamics Arctic Freeze R134A refrigerant with leak sealer for $32.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Love Talk Radio. Lucid's Trust, a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill, presents Inner Sight with your host, Robert Anderson. He, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Inner Sight. Inner Sight is simply seeing that which is always present, but not yet fully recognized. You have within you the ability to see yourself and the world around you in a new way, with new eyes. So stay with us, and together we'll look at the world and ourselves with inner sight. Our theme for today is the spirit of labor. And here's a thought that from Kahal Shabran that has to do with that theme. It's from the Prophet, his book, The Prophet. Work is love made visible. And I like to think of work in a spiritual way, spiritual way myself. I like to think of my work as being my prayer. Is there a spiritual dimension to the labor movement? There most definitely is, and it's one of the really interesting aspects of the writings of Alice Bailey, because um, when she goes into the um, inner spiritual dimensions of it, you realize that the labor movement really reveals the sweep of the divine plan for our world in the sense that it um, it can be traced throughout history. The labor movement goes back two or three hundred years, and because it is something that affects uh, millions, if not billions, of human beings, it's... Um, a mass movement and not the um, e- an event that affected just a privileged few. It, it affected millions and millions of ordinary working people. And uh, as it developed, uh, it was a result of the industrial era that began, I think, in the late uh, 1700s, the early 1800s, as the machine age started to develop. And... Uh, this led to human beings turned into kind of um, cogs in the process. They were used as um, uh, in a very utilitarian way to create these um, uh, uh, manufactured goods. And uh, conditions were really terrible, as I understand it, for a lot of the working people, uh, not only in this country but in Europe as well, uh, especially for children. Children were were misused. Ordinary working men were forced to work six or seven days a week and for long, long hours. The living conditions that they had were terrible because they received such low wages. 
And it also caused the growth of the huge urban areas that we have today. That had not always been the case. I think society had been basically rural before the industrial era, but um, the growth of the industrial era, era caused uh, the urban areas to build up and the, the tenements and the slums in the great cities. So out of this very difficult uh, condition for the ordinary working people, there developed a movement to bring people together uh, in solidarity, to use the word of uh, the Polish labor movement of a two decades ago to support each other and to unite together to um, uh, bring about better working conditions for themselves. And it's an example of how something of spiritual significance can be directly linked to physical plane reality. There is no gap between spiritual values and the outer realm. Yes, and it was a great spiritual movement because what it did essentially was to improve the the uh, conditions of life, the, the livelihood, not only the working conditions, but also the living conditions of the workers of the time. And uh, it um, exposed them and enabled them to um, gain uh, literacy. It started the... Um, educational movements in those times. And so uh, all of this together really began and able to uh, the, the workers of that time to expand and uh, their, their consciousness and their living conditions. And it was a great spiritual movement in that sense because there was whenever there is an expansion in consciousness, then you have a, a deeply spiritual um, movement at hand. And it is true um, that we can look at the labor movement today and see that it in its own way has become a great capitalistic uh, kind of enterprise. Uh, the, the labor unions, some of them in this country and in uh, European countries as well, I think, contain um, uh, or have have authority over huge sums of money and wield great power, both economically and politically, and uh, they have their own um, their own weaknesses. Uh, the accusations of corruption that are sometimes uh, lodged against the unions, but at the same time they arose out of a, a condition that uh, was one of great suffering and deprivation, and they still look out for the the rights and the well-being of people who don't have a lot of power in worldly terms, which is most of us, the ordinary people of the world who don't have uh, class or family or, or uh, lineage or wealth behind them. They need their rights protected uh, perhaps more than uh, anyone, and the unions have looked out for the, the working person. Yeah, I think one of the indications that this was also a spiritual movement is that uh, there was something from the higher powers, let's say, that was behind this movement. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, it's, uh, very much covered in the writings of Alice Bailey because uh, she goes into this in great depth. And um, there was a spiritual foundation to the labor movement and that's a it comes out in such words as amalgamation and union and brotherhood which uh, were always uh, often attached 
to the uh, the different labor uh, groups, the amalgamation of workers and the brotherhood of uh, teamsters mm-hmm. or the brotherhood of uh, uh, railroad workers and uh, the coal miners and the uh, builders union. And it's, it's interesting, but you might say, you might think that there was some uh, great spiritual being behind this, but um, actually the, the founders of the unions in those early days, back in the ni- 1830s, were just ordinary men that came out of the working class themselves. People like, uh, well, in England there was a man by the name of Robert Owen, who uh, was one of the first founders of the Guild of Builders, and uh, later there was Samuel Gompers here in the United States that established the American Federation of Labor. And so these were just ordinary men, but they were impressionable, and they they had a vision of... uh, the um, improvement of the working class, and they they forced it through. But by impressionable, you mean responsive to the impression of the spiritual uh, forces that stand behind and watch and, you could say, prompt human evolution. We've talked about the masters and the spiritual hierarchy on other programs. They are not... Uh, beings who intervene in human affairs or manipulate human affairs because man has free will. But they prompt the uh, consciousness of human beings who are responsive to the divine plan of God. And they prompt in in the sense of uh, the impression of ideas regarding the evolution of our planet. And the people that you, Dale, are talking about are people who could respond to this this evolutionary urge to bring about better conditions for the great masses of working people. And it's interesting in the writings of Alice Bailey that she talks about these people like you've just named, Gompers and uh, Owen and well, I, more modern ones would be Walter Ruther was another great one. They were ordinary people and yet highly flawed in in the personal sense and yet utterly dedicated to uh, uplifting the um, state of uh, living for uh, millions of people. And that to me is an interesting uh, example of what it means to be a spiritual worker. You are not perfect necessarily. You are not saintly. You are not even probably a sweetie pie. Sometimes these people I think had to be very, very tough to put up with the conditions that they ran into in terms of the um, the uh, capital and uh, management level of uh, the industrial era. They had to fight for the uh, betterment of working conditions. And also there is this um, underlying factor of persistence mm-hmm. that seems to impress me because the labor unions, many of them failed at first. They were established and they'd last for a couple of years and then they failed or they'd get uh, uh, some kind of barriers would be put up in their way, but they kept persisting and persisting and persisting, and that's why we still have the labor movement today, is because there's this underlying force of evolutionary force that uh, I think is, you know, hierarchically inspired, and that's what gives it the the, uh, strength to persist uh, as the way it has. You know, work can be 
so many different things. It can be a way that we express our talent. It also can be a way that we express our love for humanity. What What is good work? What is good work? Well, even the Buddha in his Noble Eightfold Path uh, addressed the need for work in the sense of right livelihood. That's one of the uh, eight conditions of the Noble Eightfold Path of spiritual uh, development and liberation, right livelihood, which is good work. Uh, maybe some of our listeners have heard of E.F. Schumacher, who was a British um, economist and visionary who died, I think, in about 1980 or so. He wrote uh, the book Small is Beautiful, which I think is his best-known book. He wrote another book called Good Work, uh, which um, outlines what he viewed as the three conditions of of, uh, good work. There are three purposes, rather. One, he said, is um, to provide useful goods and services, to do something utilitarian that society wants. Another reason for work is to enable every worker to perfect his talents, uh, his personal gifts, his aptitudes, to develop those. And the third is to do something in cooperation with others so as to liberate ourselves from our egocentricity, as he put it. Mm -hmm. And I thought that's very interesting. We work for something larger than ourselves, greater than our personal circumstances and family, and thereby liberate ourselves from our self-centered view of the world. And that third condition is especially interesting because it includes the workers who are involved in sometimes the most humble positions. They are working for the larger good. I don't know if you remember a a performance artist here in New York uh, 10 or 15 years ago who made it a a project to uh, decorate the garbage trucks that pick up the trash with mirrors on the side of them. She put mirrors so that when you saw the truck, it reflected yourself. In other words, garbage is us. And (laughs) her project also included personally shaking hands with every garbage worker she met just to say thank you for doing what you do. The world's a better place, literally, because you do your job. I thought that was a wonderful idea. Um, it certainly was. Yeah. Uh, there is value in all work. If mm-hmm. it is honest, it has dignity to it because it serves the greater good. Um, another example is a person I heard interviewed Uh, the other night on television, who was describing his work. He loved his work, he said. His job was a mortuary attendant. He goes around picking up dead bodies and bringing them to the mortuary. I never thought about somebody having that as a job, but he said he loved his work. It made him feel that he was doing something important and useful for society, Mm -hmm. and goodness knows it is. So I don't think we need to look down on people who may not have a great deal of prestige or a huge salary if they are doing something that aids the larger community. That's good work. Yes, I would agree with that. And it's it's good um it's good just what you said because it it stimulates something within the person. They begin to identify more inwardly with something uh, of greater value than uh, just the material values in life, mm-hmm. and I think that that's very important. Whether the 
do that consciously or not, uh, or or what, but there is some inward recognition of a, a greater benefit. And you can also look at some very prestigious positions and say maybe they can't look at the, their job and say, well, it links me to the larger whole, it enables me to contribute to the greater good. In other words, there are some, some highly um, coveted positions in the business world that may be quite selfishly oriented, self-serving, and not necessarily uh, beneficial to society. So good work, by definition, doesn't necessarily mean the most prestigious or most... Um, uh, well-paying kind of work. Well, for those people who just tuned in, you're listening to Inner Sight. And our topic for today is the spirit of labor. And we would like to give you a general package of uh, information. There's a lot of information that uh, we have in that package that we'll be happy to send for you about Lucy's Trust, who we are. And probably the most frequently asked question is, is Lucy's Trust a religion? No, it isn't. We feel that you... Uh, enrich us when you come to spend time with us and if you'd like you can tell us about your religion but uh, no it's not a religion you, but you can share moments with us uh, uh, meetings with us where we talk and we uh, get into a meditation and um, we speak about uh, some of the issues involved in the Lucis uh, books or the Alice Bailey books uh, Lucis Trust uh, uh, sponsors this show Inner Sight and Inner Sight is really based on 24 volumes of work that were written by Alice Bailey. Alice Bailey is the founder of Lucis Trust. And you're certainly welcome to order those books. They're um, uh, philosophy of life books. Uh, you can explore different uh, ideas that we, in greater depth than what we talk about on this show. So if you'd like to uh, order the books or if you'd like to uh, research this particular subject for, uh, further, uh, one thing you can do is read one of the volumes entitled uh, Problems of Humanity. It's one of the Alice Bailey books, and uh, it's much more in, part of it is uh, in-depth about what we're speaking about today, and that is the spirit of labor. So give us a call if you'd like to order that book, or if you'd like to order all 24 volumes, you're certainly welcome to, and if you order them directly from us, you'll get a 10% discount on those 24 volumes of Alice Bailey literature. Give us a call at one 866 695-8247. Once again, it's 1-866-695-8247. And that's to order our books or our cassette tapes uh, of the radio shows, uh, a cassette tape of uh, some of our books. Or uh, uh, if you'd like a cassette tape of this show, you can order it um, by dialing the toll-free number as well. An easy way of remembering the number is one 866 N.Y. Lucis, L-U-C-I-S. Think of 1-866-NEW-YORK-LUCIS. Our website is www.lucistrust.org. Our email is newyork.lucistrust.org. And what, what I think, too, is that uh, so often people, uh, they look upon work as almost life is stopping during work. When they work that 40 hours a week, it's almost like life is stopping and everything else is put on hold. Mm -hmm. And we can't look at life like that. I think it's very important to enjoy every moment and not look upon life as, uh, as work as being uh, a large block of time out of our life. I think uh, Sarah and Dale are absolutely accurate with uh, looking at it as a chance to touch other people, perhaps self-actualization. 
But how do we? What's what is a good way to prepare young people for work so that they have the right attitude toward work? In our society, I think it's um, absolutely crucial that we bring up our children to look and expect more out of life than just a material compensation. This is such a materialistic society, and occupation, work, is becoming increasingly linked with um, the salary that it offers you. People don't seem to want to do a job unless it really rewards them well. And the work that they would prefer to do if it doesn't pay very well, they uh, turn away from it. For example, it's harder and harder to find people who want to be school teachers uh, because those salaries are not competitive with salaries that they might get in the uh, business world. I think it's a shame because the point of work is not only to earn a, a, a big salary. You want to earn enough to enable you to sustain yourself but I don't think we need half as much material stuff as we seem to think we do in this country. Mm -hmm. And what is more important in life than having work that you love? That's very true. It's yeah. absolutely vital. And if there were one thing that young people should learn, it's that you, you prepare yourself for work because it evokes from you a sense of love, mm -hmm. of joy, of commitment, of service. And that might include any range of occupations. Who knows? Um, I think it's very good for young people to prepare for work by working in very mundane level jobs. I think back to my own early jobs when I was going to school. I was a waitress. I cleaned motel rooms. I washed dishes. Uh, I was a clerk typist. I'm so glad I had those uh, jobs because it exposed me to the conditions of a lot of people who work in those kinds of positions all their life. And it um, and made me aware of uh, the need for uh, respect and for dignity, regardless of whatever job you're doing. All honest work has dignity. Um, these are things that I think young people have to learn, that work gives you experience, it gives you skills, and also a paycheck. Yeah, I think um, everybody that's born into this world... Um, is born to work at some capacity or another. And I think the key, and this is particularly true for young people, the key is to discover what your work is, what is your particular niche or your vocation. Uh, you may not know that right away, but um, so it takes a certain amount of time to stop and listen to yourself, listen to your inner self, because there is that soul present that... Um, that brought you into the world for a purpose. And uh, so it, it's incumbent upon every young person or every old person to um, look within themselves and try to discover what that uh, vocation is. It may not be something spectacular, you know, nothing that's going to give you a lot of success and recognition or become a world-famous basketball star or whatever, but... Uh, it may be just, as Sarah just said, doing something rather menial. But that is very important, that you do it well. Do it because if, if that's what you think you should be doing, then do it well. Because then you will be in sync with uh, that inner self. I think you're right. And it's, it's frightening what's happening today where so many young people are choosing jobs. Uh, Sarah and you both hit upon this. 
they're choosing do jobs because of the money primarily in it. And what you're saying, I think, is so crucial. You're saying that their job, their work, should really be a, an extension of who they are, who their personality is. And mm -hmm. uh, I can see that as being a, a frightening lot in life if someone is a uh, very socially oriented person and gets involved with the nuts and bolts of a computer as a career. They might be very unhappy if just the money is all that they're thinking of. But what is the future of work in a society where technology is, is doing away with so many jobs? Well, I think this is um, a question that we're really having to uh, face now because more and more people are being laid off from uh, jobs. They're finding themselves having to reconsider their whole uh, career orientation. You hear of a lot of people that uh, take up a second career in midstream and have to go back and get education and training. Um, there's there's a lot of questioning, I think, uh, on the part of people who are also currently employed, who I think are asking themselves, what is the point of what I am doing? Mm -hmm. It used to be that you knew uh, what your your place in the world was. Um, I think back to my father. He was a dairy farmer, and every morning of his life he got up at 5 a.m. and milked the cows. Uh, if it was Easter, if it was Christmas, if it was 30 below out, or if it was... Uh, uh, 90 degrees above, no matter, he milked the cows because that was what he had to do. I think there are a lot of people today that go off to work without really having a very clear idea of why. They're going through the, what for many of them is the torture of the daily commute, working in a, an environment and for a purpose that they don't probably really understand or identify with, and all of this is part of, I think, the materialism of our world that has made the the pursuit of economic um, uh, uh, an improved economic condition the be all and end all. Mm -hmm. Certainly, we want people to have a decent standard of living, but it's become the only value yeah. for a lot of people. Yeah, I like a, you know, the statement that I read in Alice, one of the Alice Bailey books recently, and she said. All work becomes spiritual when rightly motivated. Mm. And um, by work. rightly motivated, she means when there is a soul presence in what one does. And I think that's a very important element to bring into work. This also comes back to the right livelihood condition of the Noble Eightfold Path of the Buddha. We have to ask ourselves, whatever our job is, does it uh, align with my spiritual values in some way? Now, somebody who has a job as a cleaning lady can answer that question and say, yes, I leave the world in a better shape at the end of my day than it was when I arrived. But can everyone answer that? Can everyone say that uh, whatever my, my task is, the world's better after I've done my work for the day? That's That's part of what right livelihood is. Some of us, I suppose, have to say maybe my talents are not uh, being put to use for the benefit of the, the soul. Even though I'm successful at what I do, it may not meet the soul's goal. There, there might be that friction, and that might be part of why there's such discontent today. Yeah, when the soul is present, uh, the emphasis begins to shift, and work becomes an expression of uh, refinement. Uh, in a sense. What do you mean? Well, the soul 
injects its values, the sense of values begins to shift. And it's, if it shifts off the purely physical orientation to something uh, of a more uh, spiritual nature, then we begin to look at life and work in a much different way. And I think that's that's very important when the, you know, there is a refinement taking place in consciousness. Yeah, well, you know, and you have mentioned teaching before, and what a, what more important to, uh, of a job is there than to be able to take an individual and a child and turn him around and show them that he can be something more in life, and yet people don't want to do that anymore they, because the money isn't there. So I hope that changes, and I hope this, this show uh, helps that to change. Uh, for, um, that's, that's about all the time we have for our discussion today, and you've been listening to Intersight. Now we would like to close with a world prayer called the Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. From the point of light within the mind of God, Let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills. The purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. AC is blowing hot air, let O'Reilly Auto Parts help bring back the cool this summer. While you may need to eventually service your AC unit, get immediate relief with Interdynamics Arctic Freeze R134A refrigerant with leak sealer for $32.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts, better parts, better prices every day. Limit supplies. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 
If your A.C. is blowing hot air, let O'Reilly Auto Parts help bring back the cool this summer. While you may need to eventually service your A.C. unit, get immediate relief with Interdynamics Arctic Freeze R134A refrigerant with leak sealer for $32.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.